Uh, right, how do you fancy then harnessing your ideas, your imagination, using mindset tricks of a sports star? Sounds brilliant, doesn't it? Uh, let's see if we can glean any light. I have Sam Crick. He is. Now, I mean, we've got so much to explore with Sam. He's an athlete, uh, host of Crickcast Pod, and he's also a business development specialist at 8 Billion Ideas. This is a company, right? It's, it's really quite interesting. What they do is they help kids kind of like harness the skills of ideas, harness the skills of imagination, um, and they help use them, help, help the kids use them to create a great or a better life. Um, and it's kind of like all about business. It makes me kind of think, you know, down the line in the future, are our children going to be creating their own jobs, jobs that work around their own lives rather than having to dive in, work for somebody else? We all know what that's like, don't we? Let's get Sam on. Hello. Good afternoon, Eliza. How are you? Mate, I am really excited to talk with you. What I love is you sound like you are busy the whole time, busy exploring life and people. Am I right? You are right. Um, I like to use the word and the term brilliantly busy. It's one of um, our boss's boss's terms. And actually, because often we think about being busy and it sometimes has negative connotations, but brilliantly busy and, uh, and loving life. Yeah. Look, I mean, I know that a lot of your work, certainly with 8 Billion Ideas, and I know that you've got the pod and all sorts of other things. We'll talk about that in a while. But what you do is you actually go into classrooms. I think you're working with kids from the sort of age of 10 to 14, which is a super age. All the ideas flourishing, lots of imagination. And I know that we lose that later in life. What do you try and do? Hello? Apologies. All good. Could you hear me? Yes, all good there, Eliza. Okay, did you hear my question? I didn't. Would you mind repeating it? Thank you. No, darling, that's absolutely fine. Obviously, we've had a little bit of a hiccup there, but it doesn't matter. So the the idea when you go into a school, you're working with sort of 10 10 to 14-year-olds. You go into a school, you're trying to help them harness um, using their ideas and their imagination um, in their everyday life. How do you do that? And what does it feel like when when you're in a classroom? Yeah, well, it's, it's such an important topic, I think, especially for young people. Um, and you mentioned earlier about, you know, students maybe coming up with their own jobs or own careers. Mm. Um, and the World Economic Forum says that in 2030, 85% of the jobs which exist um, are actually yet to be invented. So it's going to wow. be this generation of 10 to 14 year olds and sometimes even younger as well. We work with younger students and it's going to be these students that are in, you know, in 10 years time, eight years time are going to be generating these jobs. So when we go into these schools um, across the world um, and we engage with these students, it's on an individual basis. Um, it's working out what their individual passions are and trying to build on their skills. Um, sometimes there's a big gap between you know, what people love and what people are good at. Um, so we try and work on those two elements. And for me personally, it's the best part is seeing that spark in that young child's life uh, or you- eyes and... Yeah. How do you bring those two elements together a little bit closer? Something you're good at, something you love. You, you, you know, ideally, in an ideal world, you're going to carry on doing those things uh, down the line and into a job. But if you're not uh, as good, you might like something a lot, but not, might not be very good at it. How do you draw those two together? Yeah, of course. Well, the first thing is, is to ask the, that student the question, um, you know, what are you most interested in? Um, and sometimes they say, oh, I don't know, Sam. Um, and obviously you, you then have to um, you know, explore a little bit further. But for a lot of students, I think there's 
a pressure for them to follow a certain pathway through mm. what their parents have maybe done or what their classmates want to do. Um, but there's a lot of different skills. And when I talk about skills, I mean things like problem solving or creativity um, that they can apply to many different roles. Um, so if, you know, if a child says that they want to be a lawyer, you maybe need to find out why they want to be a lawyer. Is it because they're particularly interested in helping people um, maybe through the, uh, through the defence side of things um, and helping them with, with that path? Or is it actually um, the fact that they really enjoy solving problems um, and, and finding new ways to, to help people? So there's a lot of different uh, questions you can ask. Well, when when you go in and start working with young people, I mean, has somebody sort of come at you with an idea and you've gone, do you know what, mate, you've absolutely blown my mind? Yes, there's been so many examples. And I think the reality is through the number of countries that I've travelled across the world and different schools, whether it be uh, state schools, independent, international and even young offenders units, there's no doubt that every single child has an, a great imagination. One of the ones that really stood out um, and this was a school actually in Kent where um, a, group of, a group of girls that are around 15, 16 years old, they realized that fast fashion was a real problem. Um, and there was a term that they used called the serial returners. These are people that will order five or six different items of clothing with the intention to send most of them back to try them on for size. I'm sure that mm. perhaps we've all, uh, we've all had experience yeah, with that. Yeah. They came up with this little thread that went into um, sort of the, the wrist of your um, or the cuff of your clothing and if you wore that piece of clothing for more than two hours then that thread would then disintegrate or biodegrade and then if you send it back to the the company they would know that you would have worn it um, just to send it back so little ideas like this and this Mm. you know there's there's hundreds of examples I've seen um, but just incredible creativity from young people. Which is really beautiful, isn't it? The idea of, I mean, the idea mind-blowing that, that, you know, by 2030, the jobs jobs market will have changed so incredibly is quite a phenomenal sort of thing. One of the things about your job uh, is about inspiring, it's about listening, and it's about empowering other people, push them um, to do the things that they want to do. Has your experience as an athlete... um, kind of like given you a deeper understanding of how to get over some of the challenges that we face in our everyday life in our minds. Absolutely, yeah. And I think there's two main ways that that um, is taking place, both for myself as an athlete, through all of the, um, you know, probably over 100 uh, GB athletes and Olympians that I've spoke to on the podcast, but also for students around the world as well. There's always a difference between motivation and dedication. Um, And often motivation can sort of see its ups and downs and ebbs and flows. But the dedication is the really important part um, of any success. So even if you're not feeling great that day, even if you don't want to get out of bed and maybe go to work or go and do that, um, that piece of exercise, the dedication will is is really the the standout feature of the the athletes and indeed the, the greatest students I've seen. How do you get over, because, I mean, you've been out on the athletic field well more times than I can count. How do you get over the days that it doesn't go your way? It's really tough. It is really, really hard um, because it doesn't matter if you're, um, you know, a teacher, a parent, a child or even um, an elite athlete. Sometimes even doing something that you love, um, it can be really, really difficult. And I think it it comes down to three main things. And these are the um, things that I noted beforehand that, has really um, sort of spoken to me is around preparation, around accountability and about reflection as well. And this is something that we can do 
every single person that's listening to this, um, not just our Olympians. But preparation is very important in terms of the way that we actually prepare ourselves for the day. That could be not um, having screen time before um, you know before you uh, start your day. Um, it could e- equally be having a little bit of exercise in, in the morning. The second is accountability and actually telling someone what you're going to do um, and even writing it down for yourself. You know, sometimes you might not be on that journey with someone else, so you don't feel like you can tell them, so you can just write it down instead. And then the learning and reflection. I mean, if you come out of a meeting um, at, at your work and it hasn't gone as well as it, as, as well as it could have, how do you then reflect and learn um, and have that sort of bounce back ability? So three main things there, I think, that have really, uh, really helped. It's a really good idea. When you say about the accountability and the writing down, I have noticed on the days that kind of like write down what at least I'm hoping to achieve or do. Those days always go better than the days that have just got Greek style, nothing in them. Definitely. (laughs) Let me ask you a little bit about the reflection, because with reflection, it's very easy, isn't it? Reflection can be um, a positive thing, can be a very negative thing. It can be reflecting back and going, oh, why did you do it like that? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And and actually... I think as um, as a person who always wants to try and improve the work that they're doing in schools and try to ask better questions on a podcast, naturally, the first thing you think is what you could have done better. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hardwired like that, I think. I think we, we almost search for the negatives rather than focus on perhaps a positive. So I think it's important to have both sides and almost starting with that positive, you know, what went really well in that situation, in that um, job interview, in, in that conversation that I had with a friend, whatever it might be. But equally, and um, again, my, my CEO, David Harkin, talks about this. How can you be positively relentless in the improvement and the pursuit to improve your work um, and see every learning or every reflection as a positive to move forward and to progress? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a beautiful one. Look, with the uh, with Crickcast podcast, you say, and, and, and this is all a focus, this is about athletics, this is about trying to highlight, shine a spotlight on athletics as, as a sport. You say that an ageing population of athletics fans, Crickcast aims to inspire the next generation of athletics fans. Do we focus too much time on uh, football, cricket and rugby and not enough on athletics? I think I might be biased in that a little bit, Eliza, mm. but I do have, you know, I do have experience across um, football, rugby, cricket. I'm a big fan of sport in general, and I think it sort of comes from high performance. Um, but athletics is uh, a sport that's incredibly competitive. It's got so many different stories, um, and I do think that actually there's not enough um, time put into promoting athletics and promoting uh, fans of the sport. I mean. Mm. Everyone um, that you think about in athletics, you could probably name on one hand the number of athletes that you know. Um, you know, for example, Mo Farah. Uh, you could talk about Dina Rasher-Smith, maybe Usain Bolt, Jess Ennis. These are the you know the, the household names. Um, but without promotion of the sport, I guess from a grassroots level, and BBC Radio Kent does it really well with with football in Kent. Um, but I think that across the board, there's some incredible stories, and and that's where. I've really tried to push that in the last couple of years and um, had, you know, almost 100 episodes of talking to these athletes about their personal life and also their professional careers. Yeah, well, you've done a beautiful job. It's Crickcast podcast. You can take a look online. And of course, I mean, athletics is another place, isn't it? Uh, Grassroots level, you can pop your kids into that. It's not just about football, cricket and rugby. There's all sorts of places where your children can thrive. And indeed, even as a grown up, uh, so many of the athletics clubs want to welcome you to join them.